0: when she descended to it from Bestwood. But it was the best she could do. Moreover, she had an end-house in one of the top blocks, and thus had only one neighbor, on the other side an extra strip of garden. And having an end-house, she enjoyed a kind of aristocracy among the other women of the between-houses, because her rent was five shillings and sixpence instead of five shillings a week. But this superiority in station was not much consolation to Mrs. Morrell. She was thirty-one years old and had been married eight years. A rather small woman, of delicate mould but resolute bearing. She shrank a little from the first contact with the Bottoms women. She came down in the July and in the September expected her third baby. Her husband was a miner. They had only been in their new home three weeks when the wakes or fair began. Morell, she knew, was sure to make a holiday of it. He went off early on the Monday morning, the day of the fair. The two children were excited. William, a boy of seven, fled off immediately after breakfast to prowl round the wakes ground, leaving Annie, who was only five, to whine all morning to go also. Mrs. Morell did her work. She scarcely knew her neighbors yet, and knew no one with whom to trust the little girl. So she promised to take her to the wakes after dinner. William appeared at half-past twelve. He was a very active lad, fair-haired, freckled, with a touch of the Dane or Norwegian about him. "'Can I have my dinner, mother?' he cried, rushing in with his cap on. "'Cause it begins at half past one. The man says so. "'You can have your dinner as soon as it's done,' replied the mother. "'Isn't it done?' he cried, his blue eyes staring at her in indignation. "'Then I'm going to be out it. You will do nothing of the sort. It will be done in five minutes. It's only half past twelve.' "'They'll be beginning,' the boy half cried, half shouted. "'You won't die if they do,' said the mother. "'Besides, it's only off-past twelve, so you've a full hour.' The lad began hastily to lay the table, and directly the three sat down. They were eating batter pudding and jam when the boy jumped off his chair and stood perfectly still. Some distance away could be heard the first small braying of a merry-go-round and the tooting of a horn. His face quivered as he looked at his mother. "'I told you,' he said, running to the dresser for his cap. "'Take your pudding in your hand, and it's only five past one, so you're wrong. "'You haven't got your tuppence,' cried the mother in a breath. "'The boy came back, bitterly disappointed for his tuppence, then went off without a word. "'I want to go, I want to go,' said Annie, beginning to cry. "'Well, and you shall go, whining, whizzing, little stick,' said the mother and later in the afternoon she trudged up the hill under the tall hedge with her child. The hay was gathered from the fields, and cattle were turned on to the eddish. It was warm and peaceful. Mrs. Morel did not like the wakes. There were two sets of horses, one going by steam, one pulled round by a pony. Three organs were grinding, and there came odd cracks of pistol shots, fearful screeching of the coconut man's rattle, shouts of the Aunt Sally man screeches from the peep-show lady. The mother perceived her son gazing enraptured outside the Lion Wallace booth at the pictures of this famous lion that had killed a negro and maimed for life two white men. She left him alone and went to get Annie a spin of toffee. Presently the lad stood in front of her wildly excited. You never said you was coming. Isn't there a lot of things? That lion's killed three men. I've spent my tuppence, and look here. Here. He pulled from his pocket two egg cups with pink moss roses on them. I got these from that store where you have to get them marbles in them holes, and I got these two and two goes. Apenir go, they got moss roses on, look here. I wanted these. She knew he wanted them for her. Hm. Mm, she said, pleased. They are pretty. You shall carry them, cause I'm frightened of breaking em. He was a tipful of excitement now she had come led her about the ground, showed her everything. Then, at the peep-show, she explained the pictures in a sort of story, to which he listened as if spellbound. He would not leave her. All the time he stuck close to her, bristling with a small boy's pride of her, for no other woman looked such a lady as she did, in her little black bonnet and her cloak. She smiled when she saw women she knew. When she was tired, she said to her son, "'Well, are you coming now or later?' Are you going already? he cried, his face full of reproach. Already? It is past four, I know. What are you going already for? he lamented. You needn't come if you don't want, she said. And she went slowly away with her little girl, whilst her son stood watching her, cut to the